Hello again, welcome to another episode of the Uranium Market Minute. Today is Wednesday, August 10th, and this is episode number 167. My name is Justin Hewn. I am your host. I'm the founder and publisher of the Uranium Insider Pro newsletter, the only investing newsletter that focuses solely on uranium, finds the best risk-reward investment opportunities in the space, and publishes on a regular monthly basis. As always, nothing that you see or hear in this podcast is intended to be investing advice. I'm not your financial advisor. This is not financial advice. Please always do your own due diligence when it comes to investing and always take responsibility for your own choices. All right, good to be back with you guys today. I'm going to just fly through the episode today. Really not a whole lot to talk about. We're still definitely in the summer doldrums here. Um, Spot market is basically dead at the moment. There's nothing going on there. Um, Almost everyone in in the space really is on vacation right now. But of course, we are seeing supportive pricing across the entire fuel cycle, as I've highlighted ad nauseum over the past number of weeks, and even months for that matter. Um, Before we get into uh, the charts in a very brief mailbag section, let's go right into the daily scoreboard and run through this really quickly. Spot price is unchanged. Again, it's unchanged for close to a week now at this point. As I mentioned yesterday, Sput was the only buyer in the spot market last week, um, which is pretty significant. They obviously did not raise any new money, uh, issue any new shares because they're still at a discount to NAV. In fact, that discount to NAV widened yesterday to minus 8.23%. Trusted trade up slightly on the day. So that narrowed a little bit today um, with the backdrop of a very strong broad market. Cash and Sputs Treasury now $37 million. Um, unlikely to draw that down significantly at this point. Probably not going to buy much more, if any, pounds from that cash until they can raise more money. Um, the ETFs, URA actually had further inflows reported yesterday. Another 100,000 shares was a million and a half of new buying coming from URA. No change in outstanding shares coming from the ETFs. Yesterday, the sector pulled back significantly, uh, but today we're seeing some support from a, a very, very strong broad market, generally speaking. Let's take a really quick look at the charts. URA saw some dip buying today, ended up uh, 2.5%, 2.56% on the day, uh, slightly below average volume, really nothing uh, all that notable here from the moves across the sector. URNM relative to the commodity, that is to say a basket of uranium miners relative to the metal itself, up over 2% on the day, that is very good to see. Cameco had a decent day, up 1.5% with some significant dip buying after the sector was selling off with a backdrop of a very strong S&P, kind of a strange day, um, all things considered. I'm happy to see that the sector did recover from the selling off um, that we saw over the first couple of hours of, of today's trading. And nice to see Cameco print a hammer here on this uh, daily candle, still uh, below average volume for the day. Looking at URA relative to the S&P, up slightly today on a relative basis to the S&P, still slightly above that lower trend line. And the Sprott Physical Uranium Trust trading up almost 1% on the day, still uh, slightly increasing volume over the past five days, but really this is not breakout volume whatsoever. All right, mailbag section is going to be very, very quick. Um, I'm going to highlight something that I thought is very interesting and um, wanted to note that I understand for a lot of retail investors and especially the speculators that they're looking at this trade, hoping for some quick profits, um, looking to turn this around in six to 12 months and uh, and cash out and be done. And that's perfectly fine. You know, makes a market, right? 
but for some of us, we are actually quite um, invested in the future of nuclear energy and supportive of the developments of that space. And of course, um, the uranium miners and any nuclear exposure that we might have via our investments is sort of a primary or or potentially secondary benefit from that advocacy. So I myself personally really do believe in nuclear energy and the peaceful use of nuclear going forward for the future of humanity. I think it's the solution that um, that humanity needs that is right in front of our faces, that is already up and running. We have the technology, we have the know-how, um, and it needs to be implemented, in my opinion, at a faster pace in order to uh, move away from especially coal generation, but fossil fuel generation uh, specifically. So on that note, one of the main things that I find myself in discussion about when I discuss uh, if, if I'm asked, you know, what, what do I do at a dinner party or something like that? We start talking about it. Um, well, first of all, I have to say that more and more over the past six to 12 months, these conversations with friends or with um, uh, perfect strangers has been more and more positive. I I'm, I'm met with fewer strange looks from the person I'm speaking with about what it is I do. Um, and most of the time, the people that I'm speaking with, are in agreement that nuclear is a positive thing, and which is really a, a striking contrast to the type, these types of conversations I was having, let's say three years ago. Um, but one of the most prominent topics that comes up, of course, is, well, what about, what about the risk of meltdown? What about Chernobyl? And uh, my answer typically goes along the lines of something like this. Chernobyl was and was the worst and is to this day, the worst nuclear accident um, within the peaceful use of nuclear that we've ever had um, globally, right? And so you have to kind of frame it in the way that, yes, it, it was not a good thing that happened. People died. Um, a few dozen people died, in fact. And um, going forward, clearly there were a lot of lessons learned from that accident. Now, I'm not an expert on exactly what happened with this accident, but um, to highlight that that was the worst, uh, the worst accident that we've ever seen in terms of um, the peaceful use of nuclear, nuclear energy generation, and then to contrast that with the unbelievably positive and incredible safety record that nuclear energy has had since Chernobyl, with a, a couple of mild exceptions that still really are, in my opinion, strong, supportive cases for nuclear, and that would be Fukushima, Three Mile Island specifically, where we actually did have reactors uh, uh, melt down and be held within containment. Um, and in the case of Fukushima, with some of that radiation escaping still resulted in zero deaths, I think is an absolutely phenomenal case for nuclear energy. So what I want to highlight here is this fantastic tweet thread from Maddie Hilly. And I apologize if um, I'm, a, I'm pronouncing your name incorrectly, but I don't believe I do. Maddie is the founder of of the campaign for a green nuclear deal. And she has been putting out some very, very informative threads in support of nuclear energy. So I'm going to uh, link to that tweet thread in the description below in the show notes. And this is the title of the tweet thread is what about Chernobyl? Chernobyl, the accident shows that even in a worst case scenario, the health and environmental risks of nuclear are very small. So this is a fantastic thread and I strongly recommend that you check this out. And if you also find yourself in conversations about uranium investing and about nuclear in general, it's very important, in my opinion, that you arm yourself with the facts about the worst accident that we've ever seen in terms of nuclear. 
And I'm also going to link to a documentary. Now I tweeted this in response to Maddie's tweet thread about this documentary. There's a fantastic channel on YouTube called free documentaries. And I love their stuff. They do a lot of like world's most dangerous road type um, videos where they actually go into the culture of the place. And um, they did one on Chernobyl. And one of the most striking things to me was while this documentary did actually um, highlight over and over the, the risks and the dangers of radiation, what they really highlighted was how excluding human activity for this 30 kilometer kilometer radius around Chernobyl has basically allowed the area to completely rewild. And this area now is absolutely thriving with plants and animals. It's a sanctuary for, I believe it was more than a dozen endangered species. It's phenomenal to see the, the animals and plants absolutely thriving in uh, what is generally thought to be a nuclear wasteland. So I highly recommend that not only do you read Maddie's fantastic tweet thread, but check out this documentary. Um, I'll link both of those in the show notes in the description below. So um, on that note, I, I definitely just want to highlight that um, um, it's important to me to understand the downsides to nuclear energy. And of course there are downsides, you know, there's no such thing as free energy. There's no such thing as a free lunch. And you have to understand that um, you have to take the good with the bad. And in this case for nuclear, the bad, in my opinion, is far, far less negative than the bad that comes from all other sources of energy, renewables included. Um, so please check those uh, links out in the show notes and in the description below. I appreciate you being here. I will be here again tomorrow. Until then, be well. Take care. Cheers.